Okay, hey guys, or listeners, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about medical mysteries. We're not really going to go over the pandemic right now. It's a little too depressing. We want to lighten up the mood or darken it somehow. But I have open right now two tabs with medical mysteries that we can just talk about with my friend Aaron right now. Yeah, yeah. So let's just hear it. Let's uh, let's just see okay, these so medical I'll... mysteries. Okay, so I was going on the internet and everything, just looking up medical mysteries because I was bored. And there's actually a mystery that not a lot of doctors can explain. It's the allergy to water. Allergy to water? Oh my, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it says that that's a way to start. It sounds impossible since our body is made up of 60% mm -hmm. of water, but it's actually really, really rare, rare in some cases there. Some people are allergic to water. So does that mean they can't eat or drink or anything? I don't know how their thing goes, but if they can still drink stuff, but it's washing that causes the problem. Like having a bath or a shower causes their skin to erupt in like itchy wells. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I could definitely uh, kind of picture that. If yeah. I mean, like, if come on, if you dr if you drink the water like, and that <laughs> happens, you pretty much be dead. <laughs> um yeah so that's actually really surreal so, i can't believe people actually live like that so what a way to yeah, start that's actually, yeah uh i think this condition is called i'm gonna butcher this name aquagenic uricaria or and it was first described in 1964. oh wow 1964 that's actually very recent i was just saying like i think before you know maybe the reason why it was discovered so late is because People kind of just played this off as someone lying because it does seem unbelievable. I mean, like getting allergic reaction to a bath can seem completely preposterous. But, you know, I can see why that um, the diagnosis was so late, you know, in terms of. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Like, imagine it was like first documented, like during like, the Salem witch trials, for exactly, example. I know that's yeah. like, completely out of like the things, but like. People just think it's witchcraft. Exactly. Like, people think you're lying. Help people. <laughs> I feel bad for those kinds of people. Because, like, back then, you know, doctors were really horrible people. And, um, oh yeah. Oh, God, so, yeah. The equipment was terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it really, you know, in general, you don't want to live back then and just have a medical condition. You're just pretty much, you know, you're screwed. I don't want to say that, but, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I think I, think I remember, what was it? I think during the Civil War or something. Or something like that one of the wars that america had i remember the doctors they didn't have enough equipment so when like a soldier got shot or something and it was too bad like since they didn't have the correct equipment or not they had to amputate them with a rusted oh, saw yeah. and i think that that's where they got oh yeah definitely <laughs> that's uh <laughs> yeah that's medical for you here's another syndrome it's actually a syndrome and this is one of the weirdest ones i've ever heard if you wake up it this is like a symptom that once you wake up you will talk in a strong Jamaican accent. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, if you do, then you're suffering from what's a syndrome called foreign accent syndrome. Wait, is it just with Jamaican accents or is it with any accent ever? Uh, no, it's any accent. So a best known case of this syndrome dates back from 1941, coming from new scientists uh, online at their website. Uh, when a Norwegian woman was ostracized after she was injured during an air raid, and then suddenly she just began talking with a strong German accent. Wow. <laughs> so do you think she had uh, contact with any German people before then? 
I don't know, but what the website says is this syndrome was once regarded as a psychological disorder, but it's now thought to be a neurological one, which comes from when a stroke or injury damages the part of the brain associated with speech. But the thing is, an accent isn't something the brain can up can come up with, I think. It's something that is learned. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time and you gotta be like exposed to that environment. So what if like her mind basically got shifted and she thought she was from Germany? Maybe that happened. Maybe. But the thing is, accents, like I said before, accents can't be like, you know, come from the brain. The thing is, accents are like, they're deep rooted from history and then how like ancestors from Germany or ancestors from India, China, all of them, their accents developed over years and you can't, yeah. the brain really can't just think up of that. Very surreal. I don't know. Maybe, um, you know, you know, like the brain is formed through neurological connections. Maybe, you know, because of this injury that she got, the neurological connections it was like a one in one trillion chance of like the neurological connections like being the exact same as someone who's been in germany all their life so maybe yeah. the maybe the part of her brain that has like the speech pattern might just get like jumbled up yeah yeah but like it's very rare for this to happen that's why there's only like one or two cases so it's pretty insane yeah. it's like um pretty low chances of this happening all right. Next, we're gonna shift a little bit over to medical cases of 2019. So as like last year, two years ago, and it's from the website LiveScience.com. And so one of the cases is called Blue Blood. So when a young woman in Rhode Island told doctor she was blue, she meant it literally. The 25-year-old went to emergency room with weakness, fatigue, shortness of breath, and surprisingly, a bluish discoloration to her skin. Wow. When doctors drew blood from the patient's arteries, where blood pumps from, it appeared dark blue instead of normal bright red. Wow. There's actually a myth saying that um, your blood is actually blue before it hits oxygen. So that's why it turns that red actually, and stuff like that. Wait until you hear this, because you might be true. You might be right. She was diagnosed with, I'm going to butcher this again, <laughs> methamoglobinemia. <laughs> Awesome, like amazing pronunciation. But it's basically a blood disorder in which your hemoglobin, the red, red blood cells, the protein in red blood cells that carry oxygen, it's not able to effectively release the oxygen to the body tissue. And thus this con condition causes bluish skin and blood. Wow. So she was- It just means that- uh, Like all blue. Her red blood cells weren't giving off enough oxygen. So her blood just turned out blue. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of but sense. But that's like, that's really rare because that means that the whole body of yours, like there's trillions of blood cells in your body. And that means all of them or like a huge amount of them have to stop giving off oxygen. And then if your body stops giving off oxygen, you just choke on, yeah. you just choke because you're not having any, any oxygen. Yeah, that must feel really awful. I, I can't even imagine how that feels, not having oxygen in your blood. Yeah. So, does she look yeah. blue, like, at her skin? Like, does she look... Uh, so from the picture I'm looking at, uh, so you know how, like, your arms, like, usually have, like, this little, a little bit of a reddish glow yeah. on, like, for example, your knuckles, you mm -hmm. see, right? Her arm, under the, her skin, you can see it's a distinctive blue, like, it was a, it's a bruise color, but not really. Wow. Okay, so it's, like, really dark, is what you're saying. Yeah, and then next to the arm they displayed on the website, there's a syringe that has blue blood in it. Wow, okay. Yeah, I know uh, there, there are very few animals that um, have blue blood, but like horseshoe crabs, I think they do. 
So that's uh, that's insane. <laughs> okay, but here's another one. This is a this is a weird medical case. Wait for it. Yeah. Wasabi overload. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone's gotten that at least once. Yeah. So apparently, a 60-year-old woman was attending a wedding when she ate a huge amount of wasabi, which let me guess, she thought was off avocado. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> like according to the report published in September 20 in the journal BMJ case reports a few minutes later after she consumed a huge amount of wasabi she felt a sudden pressure in her throat radiating to her, her arms the report said next day she was diagnosed with broken heart syndrome a condition in which the lungs main pumping chamber the left ventricle became enlarged in and weakened so that it didn't pump properly basically the huge amount of wasabi she ate Basically, I think blocked off the artery, arteries of her thing. Oh wow! Is it because of the spiciness or like the nutrients inside wasabi? I think it's because since wasabi is supposed to be taken at small amounts. Yeah. And since she thought it was avocado, she must have eaten it in like a huge bite. Mm -hmm. And since it's smooth, because wasabi has, I think, around the same textures as avocado, except more flavorful. She might have just chugged it all in her system and. Possibly since it was a huge amount, it probably caused a blockage in her system. Oh, wow, sounds painful. It is because she had a burning mouth full of wasabi. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people have had that experience where they think uh, the green stuff is like ice cream or avocado, so they might take a little too much. But I've never heard of like long-term injuries being, uh, you know, established from that, and it's. It's pretty surreal to think of that, because um I've seen that. Talking about yeah. long-term injuries, like, Aaron. <laughs> what? Dude, Aaron, talking about long-term injuries. Here's another yeah. one, and it's it's basically like an episode of uh, if people watch Grey's Anatomy, then they would know what happened. Mm -hmm. It's called the case of the chest fire. Basically, when a man was man was in surgery for his chest, his heart caught on fire as well as his chest. Really, just spontaneously. Out of, out of nowhere. Oh my! Out of nowhere, it was a rare surgical complication that was known to occur during the right circumstances. So it was super rare when all the circumstances were just just right. His chest, his entire chest, just got caught on wow. fire. I've heard conspiracy theories about that. It was like a spontaneous combustion, apparently. Like, yeah, yeah, but spontaneous combustion is throughout the entire body. His chest just like combusted. Yeah. Oh my. What? And here's some support to to relate to that. Apparently, the guy he was 60 years old, and he tried to fix a life-threatening tear in his chest in his artery. That's one of the things. The man also had a history of chronic lung disease. And during the surgeries, quote, doctors needed to give the man a high dose of supplemental oxygen to prevent breathing problems. Doctor also used an electrocautery device, which heats tissue with electricity to stop blood vessels from bleeding. And suddenly, sparks from the electrocautery device ignited a fire on the surgical oh, gauze. That makes more sense. It was from like a so machine. Man, yeah. yeah. So the man's body was like a con was like something the electricity was conducted through, and the tissues of his body started burning, and thus the chest caught on fire. Wow. Oh, uh, here's another one. Sorry, I was just looking at yeah, another one. Yeah, of course. Do you know King George the Third? What's that? You know King George King George the Third? Yes, I do. He's, so he's the British king, right? Mm -hmm. So he was known for his major bouts of mental derangement, for which he had in like 
He was restrained in a straitjacket or tied to a chair. He was known for wow. that. And so scientists thought that they they would think they would know the cause of these ravings or just his mental derangement, right? So they did a genetic defect. They thought it was a genetic defect. They called it was called porphyria. But in 2005, some researchers examined a sample of King George's hair, and they made a surprising discovery: high concentrations of arsenic.、Hmm. So there's arsenic in his brain. Yeah. So the researchers believe the medicine given to King George was contaminated with arsenic, making his predisposition to porphyria far worse. So basically, the medicine he was given was contaminated with arsenic, which is just really, really, really toxic. And so when he was taking it, it caused his mental derangement to go spiral out even more. Wow! So where do you, where's this arsenic from? Ah,、uh, they don't know actually. That's the thing. They discovered it in his hair samples because, like, once your body like you know、uh-huh. absorbs things, maybe some of them give off from his hair. But I have no idea, honestly. Wow, that's <laughs> so. He was just born with arsenic. It's safe to assume, or maybe like from an injury or environment that he was from. But the arsenic was making him act up and make have psychological issues. Is that what you're saying?、Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't. I never heard of that because he's like royalty. So you'd expect that the royal family was probably decently healthy because you know they are the royal family back then. Yeah, but then back then medicine wasn't an actual yeah like you know concentrated thing. But they were probably ahead of、They're、everybody、old. else because they got the first priority or. We got the better doctors, which are probably still really bad, but yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the last one for our podcast.、Right. It's called collapsed iris.、Mm. So you know you have your iris, like the color part of your eye. You don't think it's gonna collapse, right? Not today, no. Yeah, you're not gonna think it's gonna fall off or something like that. But this actually happened to a man in Taiwan, where he got an injury to his eye. It was a certain injury, where his iris detached from his normal place and drooped downwards. Wow. Wait. So, it just fell off. Is that what you're saying? So, so your eye is protected by the cor- your eye, right? You know that? Yeah, yeah. It's like protected by this layer. I don't really know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's protected by this layer. His his iris detached. From the eye, oh! And since it's in, since it's it's in between the layer, it drooped downwards. Oh wow! What did that look like? So his eye was pretty much just all white. Yeah, I can send you a picture. <laughs> I know, but it looks really. Yeah,、weird. sure. Send me a picture. I'm I'm really interested in seeing what this looks like. Yeah, hold up. Let me send you a picture right now. So it it just looked like his. Like iris was lower, and it's like he was looking down. It looked like he was no, no, looking no. down. It's a weird pattern. If you look, look, look at one where I messaged you. All right, let's see. That's what it looks like. Uh, it's gonna take a bit. Oh, what? Okay, that looks a bit more normal, but I can see like the brown is kind of drooping down. You guys can't see it. And、yeah. do you see his eye popping out more? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's popping out. Yeah, probably because of the damage to his eye, and since his iris was detached. It's probably causing his eye to like bulge out. Like you see the you see the black part of his eye. Yeah. It's like bulging. It looks like it's gonna fall yeah, off. Yeah. Oh my. I I noticed the black part is a lot bigger. Is that from the condition? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You guys can't see it, but like just imagine, you know, a white circle and having a black circle that's almost as big as it. That's what it looks like. So. 
it's like having your pupils dilated but like way bigger. yeah it's like yeah just imagine that your pupils just are giant and they're so big they're about like they're about to pop off like a pimple yeah. but like don't really imagine that but you know wow that must be so painful so was this vision affected yeah so the man reported pain and double vision in his eye okay. well that's like very minor symptoms so I'm surprised that he, you know, even like went to the doctor because I, I wouldn't Here's have Here's the thing, how he got hurt. He got hurt after being struck in the left eye with a bungee cord. Wow. Huh. I thought it was something like, you know, like watch, you know, just having such dehydrated eyes or like, you know how people think like, oh, your screen time like affects your eye? Yeah. Huge. It doesn't really. So from what I've researched and what I've talked with my doctor is that it, screen time does affect it, but it's how many times you blink your eyes. Because when we're on our screens, we usually have our eye, eyes open the entire time. And that causes dirt to come in our eyes. That causes our eye to start drying up. Mm -hmm. And thus, that affects our vision. Yeah. Oh, okay. So screen time does affect your eyes, eye, eyes a little bit. But it depends on like just how much you blink your eyes and you just don't stare at your screen for so long. Yeah, that makes sense. There are also ways to restore vision, which we could get into in another podcast. Right. So I think that ends your podcast today. Mm -hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed these health mysteries as much as we did. See you next time. All right, peace, guys.